some holy bread. So grab your coffee and your Bible. November the 16th, year of our Lord, 2022, and this is Daybreak Live with the Nesbitt. All right. Good morning, Saints. We're still not sure what song to do this morning. Pilgrim? No. Yeah. Y'all throwing out too many. No, that's one. Pilgrim? Yeah. All right. All right. This is one of our old songs.
That song, that's an old Nesbitt tune. One of the first ones we ever wrote, wasn't it, Mama? Yep. As far as, yeah, with a real message. And actually, it was actually written, it was um, a brother, a tribute to a brother that God used to change my life. He actually was a street preacher that crashed one of our concerts when Lisa and I were in a band called Storm. We played, uh, Top 40 country, rock and roll, you know, Rolling Stones, Pink Floyd, Fleetwood Mac, and then all your country stuff, all your popular rock stuff. He's just like one of those local bands, you know. But anyway, he crashed one of those concerts down here at Defeaty Creek preaching the gospel, and God used him to plant a seed that changed our life, so didn't actually pick him up in a car but that song was kind of modeled off of that brother thank you for your prayers for Sarah she I think her fever has broke this morning but she is still in the bed so thank you for all the prayers for her and we are praying for you as well people are typing in prayer requests and we want to be sure to do that and thank you for being here this little family. Also, I wanted to say thank you to Brother Wayne Wright. Brother, I'm, I'm glad you sent that yesterday. I seen that message from you. said that you don't always comment, but you're always watching. And I've just been thinking about you recently. I was thinking, well, I, want, I haven't seen Wayne in a while. i seen a comment from him. So I really did appreciate seeing that, uh, that message from you, brother. Thank you so much. All right. So thank you. I'm glad that you love the song. I, I've been we've been praying whether to get that on a CD so it will be what what's my wife's doing something I don't know what she's doing your wife is glad <laughs> oh you left you <laughs> no, no, I, I, I was like what in the world she's just looking around me going all right praise the Lord or oh, guys we're in Revelation chapter 14, I want to say the Shema this morning. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. This is what Jesus taught when he was asked, what are the, what's the most important commandment? And he says... He said the Shema, and then he added, love your neighbors yourself with it. He said, on these two hang all commandments. So, the, our Lord, all right. So the Lord said, um, that is the most important things for us to love the Lord. Amen. And I said, I believe that, the, that, that Deuteronomy 6, that he said, this shall be on your uh, forehead and be on your hands and I believe as I shared with you that that has a lot to do with understanding how the enemy wants to imitate God and he wants people to put it on their foreheads and hands when they worship him and so that's got a lot to do with the imitator the great imitator at the end yesterday we talked about the 144,000 and I wanted to add before we left the 144,000 which we're in verse 6 today 
But I wanted to add another thought uh, that may play into it that I think is interesting at least. If, if we look back in Numbers chapter 31, there was an enemy of God. The enemy of God were the Midianites. And the Midianites, uh, God had determined it was time to destroy the enemy. The, time, the day of his wrath had come. And it was to be executed uh, by Israel themselves. But what is very interesting is when you look in Numbers, I may have said Deuteronomy, Numbers chapter 31, Numbers chapter 31, it says, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, take vengeance on the Midianites for the children of Israel. Afterwards, you shall be gathered to your people. And so before Moses is gathered to the Lord, gathered to his people, in other words, he's going to die. Before that happens, he says, Moses, I'll, I'm commissioning you to take vengeance on the Midianites, the enemies of God. And I want you to see this in relation to what's happening in the book of Revelation. Remember, the book of Revelation spans at least from the opening of the fifth seal. We're talking about the Great Tribulation and the opening of these seals and then the blowing of the trumpets. And we're coming up to the pouring out of the wrath of God. So there's this period of time called the Great Tribulation, which we think is going to be 42 months, three and a half years, 1260 days. That is what the text says, so that's what we think uh, is the length of time. So over this last period of three and a half years, that's what we've, we've been studying, it's time for God to take vengeance on the enemies of God. So I wanted you to notice this in Numbers 31. It says, so Moses spoke to the people, I'm in verse 3 now, saying, arm some of yourselves for war and let them go out against the Midianites. Take vengeance for the Lord on the Midianites. Verse 4, and this is the key. A thousand from each tribe of all the tribes of Israel you shall send to the war. So there were recruited from the divisions of Israel 1,000 from each tribe, 12,000 armed for war. So, just to say, before Moses is gathered to his people, before he dies, God commissions him one last war. He's like, it's time to take vengeance on the enemies of God. And in this war that Moses wages, there is a 1,000 from each tribe that is taken. Now, I think that that very well could play into what we've been talking about with 144,000. How? Well, Moses is a type of Jesus, Yeshua. He's a type of Jesus. So Jesus is the greater Moses. So as Moses had a thousand from each tribe, wouldn't it seem possible for Jesus to have 12,000 from each tribe sealed? Now, I, I say this because it said in the text, these follow the Lamb wherever he goes. It's almost as if this end time war that's taking place, what Moses had is multiplied by 12. You know, it's would you call that 12 squared, Mama? I'm not a mathematician, but 12,000, but instead of 12,000, there's 144,000. Instead of 1,000 from each tribe, there's 12,000 from each tribe. Now, that's just a thought uh, that I thought could be interesting for this last day group of people 
that we saw that were uh, celibates that that are you, you know they they're they haven't been with immoral women these these people they, they're separated under the Lord totally and he uses them and it seems that they welcome him when the Lord returns so it seems like they survive through all of these things so going back to Revelation it said these are the first fruits you remember when Jesus was talking to his disciples he said there are first who shall be last and there are last who shall be first so I think that's what he's talking about there these are chosen out uh the the last day's war group 12,000 from each tribe and that's to say this as we get into verse 6 a lot of things are going on we have already read and let's let's try to reset we have read where satan has been cast out of heaven you know there there's a time period where he gets to go and accuse the brethren well now he's at this time he's been cast out of heaven the demons a third of the fallen angels are cast out with him because the end time war converges on the earth. So like in the days of Daniel, when Daniel would pray, there's this warfare that happens in heaven and it's happening today. We're not talking about the third heaven. We're talking about the heaven in between, somewhere between. There's this warfare that takes place. Just as when Daniel was praying and the angel had to wage war, Daniel chapter 10, the angel, the messenger angel had to wage war and fight with the rulers of Persia to get the answer to him. That's in Daniel chapter 10. Then after he gave the message to Daniel, he said, now I've got to return and fight with the rulers of Greece. Just like that took place at the end time, or in the days that we're living, when we're praying, there's also a warfare that takes place in the heavens. Okay? But at this time, the enemy has been cast down. Satan has come to earth having wrath, and then he rises up his sock puppet, right? Demons have cast down to the earth. So the all the angels, the bad angels, are here on the earth. But what's happening on the earth? There is a witness of the saints of God who are loving their lives not unto death. So they're preaching the gospel. We've got two witnesses in Jerusalem who are anointed with power like Elijah and Moses, and they are preaching the gospel. We've got 144,000. In my mind, what do you think they're doing? They're following the Lamb wherever He goes. They're doing the bidding of the Lamb. So you got 144,000 of the 12 tribes of Israel. You've got saints from around the world who have come to the Lord, who have repented and put their trust in Jesus. And now you've got angels. Look at verse 6. So we're in now Revelation 14, 6. Now it says here, Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven. Let's take note of this first. Another angel. So angels, good angels, are very involved in this end-time scenario. They're always involved. If you read Matthew 24, who does Jesus say the reapers are? Or in Luke, he says the reapers are the angels. Well, we're going to see that. We're going to read about that, right? 
I believe in chapter 14, chapter 15, we're going to read about that. The reapers are the angels. Okay? All his holy angels gather his elect. Amen? The angels are very busy. In the Old Testament, they were busy bringing messages to people, right? Well, in the end times, they're very busy as well bringing messages. So another angel, there's been many angels. Here's another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth. Let's stop there. What do you mean ever what do we mean everlasting gospel? It is the gospel that brings everlasting life. And I would say there's only one gospel. There's only one gospel. There's not a bunch of different gospels. Some people think there's several different gospels. Now I'm not going to try to take time to prove this today, but let me just say, I believe there's one gospel that brings eternal life. It's the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the payment paid for our sins, the Passover lamb, the blood that was shed. By grace, we are saved. We're not good enough. No, there's no other way. And the Apostle Paul says that take heed even if an angel, in the book of Galatians, he said if an angel brings another gospel, don't listen to it. Paul says there's one gospel. Well, these angels are not going to preach another gospel. They're going to preach the same gospel, the everlasting gospel. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. Now, who are they preaching to? Now, now, notice they're flying in the midst of heaven. The enemy has been cast down. The, they've come down to earth now. Now, earth is a cesspool. It is in bad shape. There's wicked men. There's wicked demons. There's fallen angels. But there's saints of God. And there's people of God. There's 144,000 of the 12 tribes of Israel. There's, there's an innumerable company of people for every tribe, every tongue, every nation. Now he says, who are they preaching to? Those who dwell on the earth. Now look at the grace of God. Even in the midst of the end time, even in the midst of the very last, what Jesus said, there will never be a time like it. There's never been a time like it before. There'll never be a time like it again. This is the greatest trouble the earth will ever see. But yet in the midst of this, God offers grace. And angels fly through the heavens where they cannot be harmed above everybody, preaching the everlasting gospel to who? Those who dwell on the earth. God is still giving people an opportunity to repent. Ain't that beautiful? Yes. To every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. Every nation, every tribe, every tongue, every people. Verse 7, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come. Now, we're not told how many days these guys preach. As far as I can tell, I don't remember it being in the text anywhere how many days they preach. But we know that there's 42 months that the two witnesses have their witness, right? 
We know that. And we know that the Antichrist reign of terror is 42 months, 1260 days as well. We know that from Daniel and the book of Revelation. It would seem to make sense that these guys, these angels, will be preaching during that same time. What is their message? Fear God. Boy, people don't like that message. People don't want a message of fear God now. Do you know that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom? Fear God and give glory to him. Why? For the hour of his judgment has come. This is the first time we see the word judgment. The word that's used that is translated judgment in your Bible in back in chapter 6 was the great hour of his wrath has come. His judgment and wrath is going together. It's time for his wrath to be poured out. The wrath of God has come. The judgment of God has come. Who shall be able to stand? Then we get into chapter 7, the sealing of the 144,000. And, and we've been learning about a bunch of other things that's going on on the earth during this same time. But here's what they're preaching. Fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come. And worship him who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and the springs of water. Worship God. Worship God. You mean they're going to try to instill a momentum in people by preaching fear that people through their fear might turn to God? Yes. Amen. Save with fear those that we can. Amen? Okay, I usually go to 25 now. Because we only have four days a week. We don't do five days a week now. So, And another angel falling, saying, Babylon is fallen. So another angel's coming behind that angel. And remember, that angel wasn't the first angel. He was another angel. Verse 8 says, another angel followed, saying, Babylon is fallen is fallen that great city because she, ooh, there's a gender pronoun. She has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. This is talking about the spiritual one world government, Babylon. It's fallen. I'm not government, excuse me. One world religion, Babylon has fallen. The great harlot that rides. Drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Then a third angel followed. Them, saying with a loud voice, if anyone worships the beast. Now listen, what's the angel preaching? If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or in his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the lamb and the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever. And they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image and whoever receives the mark of his name. We will stop there. Let's make this point again. I've said it several times. The mark of the beast is a choice that you take. You do not have to take it. The preaching is whoever receives his mark, whoever bows down to his image, whoever worships the beast, 
So it's not something you accidentally take. It's not something they can force. It is something that we cannot enter into or they cannot enter into. Whoever cannot enter into the world economic system unless they take it. That's true. So there, it's going to be hard not to take it. But it's not something somebody can just force on you and now you're damned forever. It is a choice. And yet, even in the midst of this, the word of God, God will never leave himself without witness. The word of God goes out. And he'll even send it out by these angels. If don't worship the beast, do not bow to him. If you do, if you do, you'll be damned forever. And so the, the warning is going forth. Hallelujah. All right. Love to get your thoughts. Love to hear your thoughts. Read them. Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for typing in, especially you guys on YouTube. Um, you know, helps the algorithm. My wife is coming. She wants to say something before we get off here. Well, I was thinking about what you said about the angels, you know, sparing with fear. And um, somebody, uh, Diana, even typed in, you know, that we don't see the fear of God anymore. And I've said lots of times that we have graced the fear of God out of our, out of our faith, as far as faith, the church. And I just want to encourage you. It's like, it's like these parents now that think, oh, but I love my baby. I love my baby too much to, to discipline. discipline them or to have, you know, any, any, they think of that as negative. It's not negative. And fear is not negative. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom according to the scripture. And it is good that we share with people that, yes, you have a clear choice. No, God's not up there saying, he loves you. But your choice will determine your consequences. Always. 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 It's a law of nature that God created. So it's 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 very important that people understand. In these last days, we, we, we really need them to understand that there truly is an eternity. And that they are truly going to spend it either with the Lord or eternally separated from him is very important. Mm -hmm. So don't be afraid to tell people the truth, even if it scares them, because maybe a little bit of the fear of the Lord is exactly what they need. Amen. Now there is a time where that respectful fear does leave the apostle John. And this is, this is why we've got to keep things in context. The apostle John said, perfect love cast out, out all fear. fear. And so once we come into his family and once we're filled with his Holy Spirit and once we are walking with the Lord and in step with the Lord, then that love of God just fills us up. And we don't fear God in this sense of, of being afraid of his wrath. And this message is going out to the world that is against God. So, so we would say it this way in reality. People who don't want God, who want to walk contrary to what the word of God says, they should fear God. Yes. And the fear of God brings us into repentance and putting our trust in the Lord. Once we walk with him, we're walking in that love of God. Then the fear of the wrath of God goes away because it's not appointed. Wrath is not appointed unto you born again Christians. Right. They're walking in his way. So just to keep that balanced. But just what she was saying is so true. So true. 
because we're living in a day where even preachers will lose their job if they preach and scare the people. Don't scare the children. Don't scare the young people. Don't scare our families with this talk of hell, with this talk of eternal damnation. Well, brothers and sisters, it is impossible to actually believe and teach the Bible and not warn people of eternal damnation. Mm -hmm. you, you can't do it. So anyway, love you guys. Thank you for tuning in and being with us. We'll jump off here. Do you have something else? No. No, he's right. That balance needs to be there. And once we are walking in the Lord and we know who we are in the Lord, we've received the fullness of his love for us as a loving father. Yes. Um, we still have a healthy fear of our father. Yeah, just like you feel your... Yeah. Obe being if you, obedient. If you're going to walk out of his... Come, he yeah. Says they if will. you're going to walk out of his will. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You Christian decide, oh, I think I'll just... Uh, I'll just act any old way I want to. <laughs> Running with the devil, as the song says. Yeah. Yeah. So let's not no, do don't, that. let's not do that. Then the fear will come back. That's right. <laughs> let's say the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. Amen. Thanks, wife. Love you guys. Lord willing, we'll see you in the morning right here.